I bet there's a few questions you'd expect an IBD health coach to get asked over and over. Does removing gluten really make a difference? What's this specific carbohydrate thing, this SCD? What's it all about? But there's one unexpected question that I get asked regularly, all the time, almost daily. And when that happens, I know I have to answer the question on the podcast because I bet if there's others that are asking about it, I bet you're wondering about that same question too. And that question is always some version of this. It goes like this. I'm trying to reduce or cut out coffee. Is there a similar beverage I can drink that actually tastes good? How about you? Have you wondered about alternatives to your morning joe? Are they worth the switch? Well, the good news is that there's a bunch to choose from. And when I hear this question, I have four, four favorites that I like to share. Today, I'm not just mentioning those favorites, but we're going to taste test them together so that after the show, you'll know exactly which one you want to rush out and buy. Here we go. You're listening to the Cheeky Podcast for Moms with IBD, a safe space where moms with Crohn's and colitis connect, explore powerful tools for healing, and transform our lives to thrive in motherhood and in life. I'm your host, Karen Haley, IBD health coach, integrative wellness enthusiast, and mom to three outstanding kids. After having Crohn's disease for 30 years and working as a health advocate exclusively with IBD clients for the last 10 years, I know it's time to bring the types of candid conversations I have with my clients out into the open. It's our time to go on an IBD healing journey and do it like only a mom can. Let's do this. Hey there, dear mama. I am so happy to have you here today. And it's a special episode because we're taste testing coffee alternatives today to see if they really measure up to the real thing. Now, there's something that I have to confess before we even get started. And if you know me at all, this isn't going to be much of a surprise to you, but I'm not a coffee drinker. I mean, not at all. I'm a huge tea connoisseur, and I can tell you everything about every tea variety and flavor, but coffee, oh dear, no. I've never really had a taste for it, not even to pull all-nighters in college. I like the smell of coffee, but the taste, not so much. And the only time I've ever had coffee, it left me running to the bathroom and what came out, let's just say it wasn't very pretty. So what the heck am I doing here? Why am I qualified to talk to you about coffee and coffee alternatives? And how can I take you through a taste test without having a palate for coffee? Well, I'm taking you through the taste test that judges whether these substitutes measure up for the real thing, because I know that this is important to you and I want to help you make the best and healthiest decision about coffee and coffee substitute substitutes with your gut health in mind. And since I'm not at all qualified to judge the taste of coffee substitutes, I think it will take a real coffee connoisseur to help you with that. So I'm hoping you'll help me welcome my coffee connoisseur hubby to the show again. He's without a doubt up on everything coffee related. I even got him a monthly coffee subscription service for his birthday last year. That's how much he loves coffee. 
you have to love something a lot if you want, if you still get giddy over it every month with the delivery and he does. So ever since I've known my hubs, his nickname that everybody calls him, not me, but everybody else calls him is Doc Java, right? Perfect for our coffee taste test, our coffee alternative taste test. So I invited him onto the episode and he's going to be our coffee substitute taste tester extraordinaire since he has a nose and a taste for coffee. And I mentioned that my hubby will be joining us again. You may have heard that word. He's already made an appearance on the podcast. Bill is a psychologist who specializes in health psychology and sleep disorders. And back in episode eight, he gave us quite an education on how to sleep to improve your gut health. It was such a good one, chock full of juicy nuggets of wisdom. So if you haven't heard that episode after this one, go back and check it out. Again, it's episode eight. All right, let's go ahead and bring him on. Welcome to the podcast, Bill. Hey, welcome, mamas. It's great to be back. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for joining us. You know that I couldn't do this episode without you. Well, I'm, I'm happy to be asked as always. And I, I am a bit of an, I'd say I'm a bit of an expert in caffeine, but I'm not necessarily a connoisseur of coffee. Oh, you sell um, yourself makes, short. Well, I, I mean, we have a Keurig and a drip coffee machine and a French press and a Hario type coffee device. Okay. So yeah, I'm a bit of a coffee <laughs> addict. Sure. Okay. <laughs> I know what you're saying. You don't feel like you have the taste palette to judge it, but you're definitely a coffee connoisseur. I like a good cuppa. Yes, you do. So I mentioned that Bill is a health psychologist and he also knows a thing or two about caffeine because of his background. He knows a thing or two about caffeine and coffee and how it affects our body. So we kind of get this bonus. He has the taste palette for the coffee taste test, and he also has the knowledge about caffeine and how it affects our body. So before we get to the official coffee substitute taste test, let's first just break down why coffee substitutes might be a good idea. Why should we make the switch? And I want to start by saying that everything isn't bad about coffee. I'm not going to be poo-pooing coffee this whole time. There's actually some health benefits. I'm sure Bill would agree with me. There's some health benefits to coffee. And you've probably heard that too. So there are some good points. Coffee by itself, I'm going to say by itself, so black coffee, it's gluten-free and it's dairy-free. So we're already at an advantage there because those of us with gut troubles, oftentimes we need to be gluten-free and dairy-free coffee. Also, it's been shown to protect our liver and decrease our risk of colon cancer. That's huge for those of us with IBD. So too much coffee though, right? Let's look at the other side now, too much coffee or an addiction to coffee or really to that caffeine in the coffee, right? It can lead to some nasty side effects. According to the Mayo Clinic, the negative effects of caffeine can include migraines and headaches, nervousness, jitteriness, irritability, anxiety, restlessness, increased heartbeat, insomnia, and like I mentioned, addiction. I think I hit many of the negative effects, but Bill, can you talk a little bit more about these and how they might impact us? Well, sure. I mean, I, I, I guess, first of all, I have a couple of quick nerdy comments. And first of all, I'd say that caffeine is the world's most widely consumed psychoactive drug. We love it. 
I mean, since before humans even existed, there were sources of caffeine that were sought by our predecessors. It's everywhere. I mean, caffeine residue, primarily from caffeinated food, from beverages, and from medicines worldwide, find its way into our water system, which means caffeine is the most representative pharmaceutically active compound pollutant, that's a fancy word, um, in, our, in, in, in high abundance in our freshwater environments. It's, it's affecting the reproduction and metabolism of fish. I mean, wow. fish on caffeine. <laughs> I mean, there's a joke there or maybe a nightmare. I don't know. But <laughs> we consume so much caffeine that through all those sources, it finds its way into our, into our water system. But what is the benefit? I mean, why do we crave it so much? Studies clearly show that there are benefits of caffeine, and you listed several of them, and, and there is undoubtedly a short-term burst of things like improved cognition, improved memory recall, um, along with other uh, physiological effects that, that, that you mentioned. So those are the positives. And in lower doses, there's benefits. And the number of studies that are being done on a regular basis looking at caffeine and how uh, caffeine affects the brain and the body, they fill volumes uh, every month. And we're learning more about the impact of caffeine on memory in elderly, for example. So there's lots of research going on about the benefits. Coffee in general, and caffeine in particular, are really all about what's called methylxanthine reward. Methylxanthine is a central nervous system stimulant. We think of caffeine as the stimulant, but it's really the underlying methylxanthine uh, stimulant that, that affects us. And methylxanthine reversibly blocks the action of adenosine on its receptors. So basically, think of it this way. Caffeine and adenosine compete for the same ports on our neurons all through our body. Adenosine is a, what's called a neuroinhibitor. So that slows down the firing of these neurons, right? So if it, it makes you feel more sluggish, more drowsy, adenosine builds up over the course of the day, the more we're active, the more we walk and talk and engage with other people and, and do physical activities, adenosine builds up in our system and slowly makes us feel more and more drowsy, more and more fatigued, more and more tired. Caffeine competes for those same ports on the neuron and caffeine is a stimulant, right? So it blocks that feeling of drowsiness but it's pretty short term. It doesn't last for as long. And as soon as that caffeine uh, weakens and drops off that port of the neuron, all that adenosine that's been building up immediately jumps back into those ports and makes you feel kind of sluggish again. So if you've ever had that kind of let down feeling after you've had a couple of hours after you've had some caffeine, that's what that is. That's the adenosine kind of swamping back on and overwhelming your system and making you feel um, kind of sluggish. So Caffeine increases energy metabolism throughout the brain and throughout the whole body. There's these adenosine receptors all throughout the body, in the brain, but also in the gut, for example. And as I mentioned, adenosine is a neuroinhibitor and it slows down the firing of neurons. And while caffeine increases energy metabolism, it also decreases at the same time the blood flow, both in the brain and in the gut right? So while it makes you feel more energetic, it's actually slowing down your, your blood flow, including to your gut, which, which leads to some of the problems that you had mentioned. 
you were not kidding, Bill, when you said you were going to geek out on this. Methoxanthine, adenosine. Wow. You're, yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we're definitely okay. having a scientific education here. <laughs> well, okay. So, how is that helpful, right? Um, we know that caffeine exerts obvious effects on anxiety. You mentioned that it affects, it can cause irritability. You mentioned that it can uh, cause uh, sleep problems. And these effects vary according to each individual sensitivity to methylxanthine. And methylxanthine is found in lots of things, not just coffee. It's also found in cacao and in, and in lots of teas. Um, there's lots of, of places where you can get caffeine. If you use a lot of caffeine, like drinking the equivalent of more than three cups of tea or coffee per day, it can negatively affect your health. So lowering your intake is worth considering. For sure. The so the best, yeah, approach, the best approach is to, you know, kind of, we'll talk about this some more, I think, but the best approach is to kind of gradually taper your coffee consumption or your caffeine consumption. And um, this lowers that dependence gradually right? Rather than kind of going and go, like, as we said, even though it's not addictive, you can have withdrawal symptoms and you can have um, problems with kind of dependence on it. So if you reduce it gradually, you can avoid some of those negative effects. And you talked a great deal, Bill, about the nervous system, the, um, the neurological and the physiological effects of coffee and caffeine consumption. And I just want to mention, especially for those of us that have Crohn's and colitis, the thing that really, I think tends to push us over the edge besides the other side effects is the gut effects. So you mentioned that coffee is a, um, caffeine is a stimulant. And so when we consume a stimulant, it can actually increase the frequency of contractions in the digestive system. It can also irritate the tissues of the digestive tract. So we already have that inflammation and that irritation in our digestive tract. And now we're putting something in that causes more irritation there. And caffeine, it can also increase the production of stomach acid, which can lead to heartburn, acid reflux. And these are things, again, that we're already experiencing when we have IBD. So it just doubles the effect of that, right? And so absolutely. caffeine, and oh, go ahead. Absolutely. And, and keep in mind, too, that not only is it causing that stimulation, but it's also reducing blood flow. And the one of the and the important part of blood flow is that it's like it's your body's garbage uh, system, right? It's what moves the toxins out of your system and gets them out of your body. And if you're reducing blood flow to your gut at the same time that you're also increasing acid and all those other things, um, that can be doubly problematic for some folks. Yeah, exactly. So, all for all of these reasons, it's a great idea to maybe take a break from caffeine or limit it, right? Um, there's even other, there's even some interesting studies that I like from looking at the Crohn's and colitis perspective about how the caffeine can actually suppress your appetite. Well, we know when we have IBD that we, we have difficulty gaining weight. So we don't want something that suppresses our appetite. And I don't think you mentioned this, but caffeine, I read some research that showed, you can tell me if this is true. I read some research that showed that caffeine can increase your cortisol levels. So we know that's your stress hormone. And so when that happens, now you're staying in a perpetual state of this fight or flight, which again is not a good thing for people with Crohn's and colitis. 
100% agree, right? And, and especially about cortisol and other effects. Again, in low doses, that's not a bad thing, right? It may make us, it may give us the energy we need to get something accomplished. It may get, and this happens in short bursts, right? You can't kind of drink coffee throughout the day and expect to maintain those little short bursts. It only lasts for a little while. Yeah. And on just the, the, you know, the simplest level with all of these, all of these chain reactions happening in our body, it just makes you feel tired in the end, right? It gives you the quick burst. But then in the end, like you said, because of the adenosine, you end up feeling tired, sluggish, and we already are overworked. We have a chronic illness. We're moms. We don't need to feel that way. So if there was something that we could do to take, use less caffeine or to cut it out completely. I know we would all want to do that if there was something that did that. And I know for a lot of moms, they think, well, what Bill and Karen have been talking about here, it's the caffeine. So I'll just choose, I'll just choose decaffeinated coffee, but I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you three reasons why that isn't the hottest idea either. So number one, Caffeine or no caffeine, coffee, it still upsets our tender bellies, right? We have Crohn's, we have colitis, just the coffee alone. I just was talking to you about the different research studies that show that it actually has an impact on the health of our digestive system. And so that's reason number one to stay away, even if it's decaffeinated. Number two, decaf coffee, it actually still contains caffeine. It's a misnomer that decaffeinated coffee doesn't contain any caffeine. I talked about that small cup. You mentioned the larger cups that they have at Starbucks, but even if you're having it at home, the caffeinated 12 ounce cup of coffee that you're having at your house, it's about 95 milligrams of caffeine. The decaf, it still contains that little amount. It is small, but it's about eight to 14 milligrams per cup. So there is still some caffeine there. And if you're highly sensitive to caffeine, even that small amount might impact you. And then I mentioned there were three reasons. Let me give you the third one. The three reason, the third reason is that the whole decaffeination process, it can be harmful to us. Coffee companies, they're always looking, right, for the cheapest option to accomplish something, to save that bottom line, to make the most profit. And so when we when it comes to those companies, those coffee companies getting rid of the caffeine from the coffee bean, they choose a chemical extraction process. It's called direct solvent method. And one of the solvents that they use, it's called methyl chloride. It's a known carcinogen. Remember carcinogens, those are the substances that cause cancer. The FDA says that it's okay in limited quantities, but I have to be honest, I am just not a fan at all. If you do need to drink decaf, make sure that you look for naturally decaffeinated on the label. It's best to make sure that you choose a company that uses a natural decaffeination process. So like I said, look for that word natural or look for pressurized carbon dioxide decaffeination because that doesn't include chemicals in the whole decaffeination process. One last thing before we get into the taste test that I want to mention, because I know this is important to our listeners, is that many of us are on special diets when it comes to controlling our Crohn's and colitis symptoms. We're on diets like the specific carbohydrate diet, gluten-free, GAPS. The question I get from many people is, can I have coffee on these diets? Well, some of the diets say yes, some say no, and most of them say in moderation, weak coffee is okay. So in case you're on one of these diets, let me just sum this up in a nice, pretty bow for you. 
SCD gaps and IBD aid. Those are three different gut healing diets. Look them up. If you haven't heard of those before, they say that weak coffee is okay, but always in moderation with gluten-free it's, they say, as long as you're not having any coffee flavorings in there, it's probably okay. With autoimmune paleo, coffee is a no go. What's that saying? A go preceded by a no. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, Bill? So it's, it's a no for autoimmune paleo and they just, it just does not work until you get to paleo, right? We move from autoimmune paleo, which is the more restrictive diet into the paleo approach. And then the feelings on coffee are mixed there. From my research, some say no way because our paleolithic ancestors, they never would have drank coffee. So you can't have coffee. And then others say that coffee's okay on paleo in moderation. So if you're going to drink coffee, just be aware of the rules regarding the diet that you're on, because most of them, they do have something to say about caffeine and about coffee in general. Bill, what's your bottom line when it comes to caffeine and caffeine, any last parting thoughts before we move on to the coffee alternatives? Yeah. You know, you mentioned when you introduced me that I had this call sign doc Java <laughs> and I don't know how many people I may be dating myself or regionalizing myself, but I don't know how many people remember Brem decaffeinated coffee. <laughs> um, so it's a decaffeinated coffee. And the, the, the tagline used to be fill it to the rim with Brem. And I heard that endlessly as an adolescent, as a child, constantly Brem, fill it to the rim with Brem. So Doc Java, the last name Brim, I, I remember my first cup of coffee. Like I remember like fondly, like I remember tons of sugar, tons of milk, my first cup of coffee with my father and my grandfather on the way to go duck hunting in Mark Tree, Arkansas. I mean, I can remember that. So my point is that you have to consider the psychological component as well. I may be an extreme case, right? But coffee culture is everywhere. And how much do you identify yourself with a person as a person who drinks coffee? How much is just the thought of coffee relaxing to you? Um, mm -hmm. How much of your identity is associated with coffee? And like I said, I may be an extreme case with the last name Brim and people calling me Doc Java and things like that. But how will it affect you to not have coffee, right? Because if you, if you really want to, reduce or give up coffee, finding, as I mentioned, finding a replacement, finding something that you can identify with. My kids give me a coffee mug and coffee beans like every Father's Day. Yes, That's, they do. It, so it's kind of like how I identify myself. So it, that makes giving up coffee, even if I wanted to, that much harder. So I think you always have to think about the psychological component when you're thinking about giving anything up or changing, changing a diet, changing what you eat, changing what you drink. Anytime you make a change like that, you have to consider the psychological component about what does that item, how does that item relate to your kind of identity your, uh, of yourself? And, 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 you, and then you have to plan ways to replace that identity, right? To share with people, I'm on this diet and this is what that means, or I'm, I'm doing this food plan and this is what that means, or I'm giving up coffee, but this is what that means. Um, and, and be open with people about it and, and, and kind of start to separate yourself from the extent that you identify with whatever that is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And my wrap up is short and sweet. And of course it's from a gut health perspective. And I say, keep your coffee consumption sporadic if possible, keep it sporadic. And if you feel like you have become reliant on it, 
it might be a good idea to take a break. Okay. Are you ready for the coffee alternative taste test? All right. We're just going to see how well do these coffee substitutes measure up to the real thing. And a quick side note, we are actually videoing this part of the podcast, so it will be on YouTube. If you want to see what Bill's subtle reactions are, right, you can tell a lot from someone's face. You might want to check out this part of the podcast on YouTube as well, because there will be a video there where we can kind of analyze Bill and see what he's really thinking through this taste test. Okay, so here we go. Let's talk about how this is going to go. Bill is going to taste four different coffee substitutes. He might try them. I know that he has some coconut milk and some raw honey, right, Bill? Correct. Yeah, he has some of those just in case he feels like it needs a little bit of something to add to it. So he might add that. Then he's going to rate the coffees, this coffee substitutes on four scales. And those scales are taste, versatility. So versatility means um, how would, easy would it be to drink it hot or cold? Or what if I put something in it, like a flavoring or a non-dairy milk or a honey, whatever, things like that. Like how versatile is it? And then he'll also be judging it on ease of use. How easy was it to make it, right? Did it take 30 minutes to make it or was it a quick one minute make? And then the last thing he'll be judging it on, and I will be talking about this part of it, of it, the health benefits, the health benefit of our coffee alternative. We're going to judge, so that's four, and we'll judge each of these on a scale of one to five. So the highest any of these coffee substitutes could get would be 20. And the lowest, of course, would be zero. So at the end, we will put them in rank order and you'll know what did the taste test reveal and you'll know which ones you want to go out and buy right away. Does that sound good, Bill? Sounds great. Let's get started. Okay, let's go for it. So our first one is Ticino. So I'll let you get that one ready. Bill has them. Right. If you're in, if you're watching in video, you can see he has them behind him. He's going to pull his little tea tray around with his various cups on it and get it ready. Very the first one is Ticino. I know I'm excited for you. So Ticino, it's not the name of a coffee. It's the name of a company and they are an alternative to coffee company. And they have many, many, many flavors in their arsenal. So they have um, options like traditional ones like the dark roast or French roast, but they also have ones that are a little bit more interesting sounding like maca chocolate and even some crazy flavors like mango lemon balm and pumpkin spice. So personally, I just want to add a little side note here that I always prefer when I'm doing anything like this, I prefer to go with the plain flavor just because those added flavors, um, those added spices that might be in a product like this, they tend to be difficult for our digestive system to process. And then it might give us a little bit of stomach upset, some bloating, gas, sometimes some diarrhea. So just be really careful, be cognizant of those kinds of things. I would personally, when it comes to Ticino, I would choose the French roast or the dark roast, and then add in your cinnamon, your nutmeg, your vanilla, add in those things at home. Choose the flavorings only if you know that you tolerate them. So that's my little bit of advice. Ticino, they have a few different blends that they use to make their 
coffee substitute varieties. They use dandelion root in some of their blends. They use mushroom blends and Bill will be trying some of those coffees in a little while, but this particular one he's going to try, he's trying, I believe Bill, correct me if I'm wrong. It's at the dark roast. Dark roast. Yeah. So this one is made with chicory, chicory root. This one's made with chicory root and chicory root. It's actually the plant is a really pretty flower. It's got a, a really pretty plant. It has a flower on it that is a periwinkle color, which is really pretty. But what we're talking about here, what they're roasting to make this coffee taste, coffee flavor, it's actually the root of the um, of the chicory root. So that's what we're talking about. And most people say we'll see what Bill has to say about this. But most people say. It's a, it's a lot like coffee, a little bit woody, a little bit nutty tasting. So I'm curious to see what Bill's going to think about this. Bill, are you ready to taste your dark roast Ticino? Yeah, I'm ready about five minutes ago. (laughs) (laughs) All right, my dear, go for it. All right. Well, I'll start with saying that what I like about Ticino is that it comes um, in like a tea bag almost. And so that you can almost steep it just like you would tea. So that makes it super easy. I'm starting with the ease of use. It made it super easy. Just pour the water um, and, and put it in there like a tea bag. And when it gets to the strength you want, you just you know pull the tea bag, uh, the coffee bag, the not coffee coffee bag out of the of the water and you're ready to go. The other thing that I found about uh, Ticino, and, and you can tell me if this may be the case for a lot of these, but um, what's really important about the chicory root part, I think, and about Ticino in particular, is that it's um, very non-acidic and it contains a prebiotic called inulin. And maybe you can tell me some more about that, but inulin is a soluble fiber from the chicory root that is really supposed to be supportive of um, uh, gut flora. So I found that. So that's a kind of a benefit that I found, but more importantly, let me see what it tastes like. Okay. So Bill is tasting the Ticino and what's the verdict? I like this one a lot. It probably, to me, it's very, very similar to coffee. It has a little bit of a woody taste to it. And it's, um, as you mentioned, and it's, it's really tastes the most like coffee to me. But what I noticed is a bit of a difference. Like Coffee, like coffee has a, a body to it, like almost like a texture in a way. And, and tea has kind of a different body or a different texture. It's more of a, I don't want to say watery, I guess, but it, it has a different kind of body or texture to it. So this is maybe a little bit more like tea as far as the body or texture goes, but the taste is just like coffee to me. That's awesome. Okay. So we went through taste. How would you rate it? Well, actually, let's go ahead and give it a rating on taste. One to five, what would you give it? Now I'm going to write it down so we remember. It's early and it's early in the ratings, but I'm going to go ahead and say taste as compared to coffee and just taste overall. I would call this one the five for taste. Woohoo! High praise. Going straight to the top. (laughs) I love it. Versatility. So would it be easy to make hot or cold? Could you, you know, add some things to it? Would it help the flavor? How versatile is it? You know, you, you had mentioned kind of adding stuff into it. That's what we call doctoring it up. So, (laughs) so um, yeah, this one would be, you could easily doctor it up with the same things that you like in your coffee, whether you like, you know, sugar or creamer or however you want to doctor it. You could do the same thing um, with, with, um, with the Ticino and it's actually gotten a little bit uh, cool now. So it was great when it was hot. 
I'm not a big fan of iced coffee, but it's cooled down now and it maintained its taste, especially because I've left the bag in for a while. So if you like iced coffee, I think this one would be a great one to steep for a long time. And then you could add ice to it and make it into a great iced coffee for the summer. Nice. Is that a five I'm feeling from you? What would you give it? I think again, again, compared to like, if you're looking for like a coffee substitute, for sure. I think that one versatility wise, you could do pretty much anything to it. So yeah, I would give it a five. Okay. How about ease of use? I mean, tea bag, it's like a tea bag, right? I mean, how easy does it get? I know I'm going to say the same thing. I mean, I'm giving myself almost no wiggle room, but (laughs) I would say that, yeah, I would say this is probably of the ones we made. They're all going to be high on ease of use for sure. Yeah. Um, but, but I think the tea bag um, is, is a nice touch and makes it a little bit easier. So I would definitely say five. Okay. So, so far we have five, five, five. I'm going to talk a little bit about the health benefits and that we'll see if it gets a five or not. So Bill, you mentioned chicory is the main component in this particular Ticino blend chicory is awesome for inflammation, for decreasing your blood sugar. It improves digestion and all because of that inulin, but because of that, it makes it a high FODMAP. So FODMAP is that you're going to get ready for some big words here, fermentable oligosaccharides, monosaccharides, disaccharides, and polysaccharides. Those, um, those carbohydrate components, those FODMAPs. And so because of that, it can be tricky for people with, that are in a flare, people who have active disease. Research shows that when we are in those active states, the prebiotic fibers, they're probably not the best for us. We need to wait until our digestive system symptoms calm down a little bit. So that's what I would say health-wise that it really is best to wait until you're in remission or things are calmed down. Otherwise you might get a little bit of stomach upset from the inulin in the chicory. Also, if you're on the specific carbohydrate diet, this would not be SCD legal. So again, wait until some healing has taken place and then you can go for it. But like I said, if you're not in a flare up, this is a great choice. Now, if you really like the idea of Ticino, if you like what Bill is saying about the flavor, the very coffee flavor of it, remember I mentioned that Ticino has different varieties. You might want to try one of the mushroom blends because that does not have the chicory in it. So not all of the blends of Ticino have the same profile. So you'll want to look for that when you're deciding if this is a good option for you. So in terms of health, because you have to wait until, you know, some gut healing has taken place, that kind of lowers me a little bit on it. So if I were to talk about the health benefits and give it a rating, I'd give that a three. So all in all, really good. So we're looking at a 17 rating. Did I get my math is so bad. So I'm going to have Bill look and make sure I have that right. Is that right? That got a 17? It didn't 18, right? You said three, right? Three. Yes. So yeah, that's 18. Let's that's go with 18 okay. for that one. <laughs> so 18, we gave it an 18. Yeah, that's right. Because it lost two points. Perfect. Okay. So 18, are you ready for the next one? Yeah. We're going to move on to our hot roasted cacao, our hot brewed roasted cacao. That's a mouthful there. We're going to move on to that one as our next coffee alternative for Bill to try It has big shoes to fill, right? Our Ticino got an 18, so let's see. Okay, so here's what I did with this. I took raw 
cacao beans that I bought at the health food store. And then I roasted them through a roasting process I found online on YouTube. And basically, in case you want to do this yourself, I started the oven at 300 for five minutes, moved it down to 275 for 15 minutes. No, I'm sorry, 10 minutes and then 265. If your oven can do that, 265 for 15 minutes for the rest of it. it took 30 minutes. And so you just roast it. I mean, really easy. You do have to turn the oven temperature down. And then I took them out of the oven. I put them in a bag and I took a rolling pin and I rolled it to get the cacao nibs out of the shell. But interestingly, the recipe that we followed to make these, you would think you'd remove the shell, but actually it had us leave the shell in. So they were just broken up and Bill can tell you why, why did we leave the shell in for this one? Yeah, this is something that's getting a lot more kind of press these days. Um, as a as a caffeine alternative or a coffee alternative, I should say, um, and we left the the husks in because it gives a little bit more flavor and it adds some color. Otherwise, it wouldn't be uh, as uh, as dark. Color. Yeah, gotcha. Okay, so what we did is then boiling water and then we let it steep for five minutes. So that's that one. Let's see what Bill thinks. Yeah, and we let it steep um, in a little basket in the water, and so it was. Uh, it's been steeping for a while. And the other thing while I'm getting ready to taste it, I'll mention is that I slipped up when I said that this is a caffeine replacement and not a coffee replacement. It, it, it would be a coffee replacement because it's cacao, which has uh, methylxanthines. And, and so essentially it's caffeine. So it's not caffeine free. Right. So Bill is giving it a taste mm. in his dainty little tea mug. My little tea <laughs> mug. With my... So what I like about this one, it, so... It definitely has a chocolate flavor, mm-hmm. but it's not like hot chocolate, right? So it, it's interesting. It's not like coffee. It's it's uh, in a lot of ways, it's more like a tea as far as its like body and its consistency. So it, and it looks kind of more like a, a tea, um, but it doesn't taste it, it. It doesn't taste like coffee. It doesn't taste like I'd say it tastes like a chocolate tea is kind of the way I would describe it. It's not bitter at all. I thought it would be bitter because of the the, um, the cacao nibs, but it, it's not really that bitter at all. Um, so I, I would say this one is one to enjoy for what it is, not for what it's not, right? So it, it's, mm-hmm. you're not going to enjoy it as a coffee. You're going to enjoy it as a chocolate tea. I think that would be the way I would describe yeah. it. Really, really good. Okay. So what would you give it for taste? For taste, I think I would go, you know, if I was, in the, I think I would go with a five. Really that good. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Versatility. Versatility wise, again, probably I wouldn't enjoy it as much cold as yeah. hot. Um, you know, again, you can do cold teas, but this is kind of, a, this kind of just kind of begs to be more hot. Um, Again, not bitter, so you don't have to doctor it up, but it's the kind of thing that you could doctor up a little bit. So this would be great with a little bit of, and maybe even make it taste, give it a little bit more body and um, would be to mix it with some coconut milk or something like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Something to, and, and then it might taste even more like uh, hot chocolate or at least have creamy, some more of that. Yeah, more right? creamy taste to it. So yeah. that might be an idea. So that's a good thing, but versatility wise, it means um, you could doctor it up, but maybe not as good cold. So maybe I'll go with a four. Okay. And ease of use. Was that easy to make? I would have to say, so 
if you could get roasted cacao nibs directly yeah. and start with that, you might lose a little bit of the flavor. You might lose a little bit of the color, but you would definitely ratchet up the ease because the process you went through to roast them and, and kind of that, it's like, if you want a quick cup of coffee replacement in the morning, you don't want to roast coffee be, um, beans for you know half an hour, right? So I would, um, I would call that a three. Okay. And then I'm going to talk for the a way bit we about, did it. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. The way that we did it, but it could be easier, but well, you know, we have to go with the way that we did it right with our ratings, right. but it was fun. I don't know. I, I enjoyed buying the beans and then roasting them. That was fun. And it made the house smell really chocolatey, which is a bonus in my opinion. Okay. So let's talk about some health benefits here. Like you said, Bill, this is not caffeine free. It contains about half of the caffeine of a brewed coffee. So I would say this is great if you're trying, you know, if you find that you are um, feeling like you need caffeine in your life and you want to lower that, this is a great option because it still has the caffeine. So if you're just kind of stepping down from coffee, I love this as a substitute and cacao itself. It also contains 10 times more theobromine than coffee. Theobromine, it's a, um, it's a compound that's in cacao and it helps with alertness with fewer side effects. So it gives you that kind of, you know, that alertness and energy fix that coffee would, but it has fewer side effects than the caffeine. So that's pretty cool. And the good news about cacao though, also is that it contains polyphenols and those polyphenols are wonderful for, because they're anti-inflammatory. And that's what we're trying to do here with Crohn's and colitis to reduce that inflammation. So all in all, I just think it's wonderful. One little caveat note is that there are some diets that it's not allowed on. Cacao is not allowed on the specific carbohydrate diet. So if you're on that diet, it might not be something that you could use. So for, because of that, I think I would give it a four in terms of my health rating. So let's add this up. And this time I'm going to let Bill add it up. We've got a five, a four, a three and a four. And that would give us for our hot brewed roasted cacao. That would give us a 16, 16. Okay. So right now our leader is the Ticino, but close second is the roasted cacao, the hot brewed cacao. All right, let's move on to the um, third one in our list. Bill, did I give the list of the four ones that we were trying in the beginning? Did I tell everybody the list of the four? I'm sorry if I didn't. I'm, just in case I didn't, I'm going to give it one more time. The four that Bill is taste testing are Ticino is number one, the hot brewed roasted cacao is number two. Four stigmatic is number three. And that is a mushroom. Ah, that's a mushroom blend. And then the number four is the, um, what's number four? Oh, the dandelion root tea. I, you know what? I don't think I did tell everybody. You should know what we're looking at. So number four is the dandelion root tea. And I would say that's probably the least like coffee, but also another good alternative. So we've made it to number three. Number three is for stigmatic. And like I said, it's a mushroom blend. So it, it's all about the mushroom with this company. They blend different kinds of mushrooms and ones that you've probably never heard of before. And it might sound kind of weird, but there's something about mushrooms when they're blended together that they do kind of taste like coffee. So it'll be really interesting to see what Bill thinks. This particular one, this for stigmatic, it has nine different mushroom blend, nine different mushroom flavor compounds within the 
coffee alternative. Let me just tell you what a few, a few of them are. We've got Changa mushroom, reishi, cordyceps, lion mane, shiitake, mayatake, and yoki. And so it's just fun to say those. So <laughs> those are a few of them. And then it all just gets this little hint with it of rosehip. Rosehip is a really delightful flavor. It's the part of the rose that's just below the petals. And it, it's in a lot of herbal blends of tea. So it'll be interesting to see how does it complement this flavor? We'll see if Bill says, oh, I noticed hints of rosehip. <laughs> we'll see. All right, Bill, you ready to taste? I'm ready. All right, go for it. He's making mm. a face. He's tasting. He's saying, hmm. No, I'm kidding. That's for the, <laughs> rooper, that's for the blooper reel. Um, I'm not sure well, what that means. Tell us. No. Um, good. It's important, I think, to mention that obviously with all those ingredients, it's organic. Obviously, it's uh, vegan and it's gluten-free. Those are all great things. Um, some people said it was bitter. I didn't find it bitter. I don't taste the rose hips. It's, it's, um, it is, it's darker. So it's, it's, it's a lot darker than the, um, cacao nibs. Um, so it's, it's, it looks more like coffee. Mm. It's earthy, um, maybe a little nutty and kind of a smooth taste. I don't think it's too, um, I don't think it's too bitter. I, I would say it doesn't taste like coffee, but, um, but kind of like the Ticino, it does have a bit of a, coffee-ish body to it in a way. Um, so it, I, I like it. So what are you going to give it for taste? For taste, I would give this one, the, I would probably give this one a four. A four. And okay. I think, I think mainly, I mean, they market themselves as a, as a coffee alternative. And um, I'd say probably the Ticino tastes more like coffee. So if you're going straight for that taste, but in all, all the other ways, it's really good. Awesome. Okay. Versatility. Um, this one was easy. It kind of, um, came in as a powder. You just poured it in the hot water and stirred it up. Um, could you so do it hot or cold? Do you think? I, I think, I think you could same as I mentioned with Tatino, you could probably, it's a little cool now, so you could probably ice it up a little bit. You could certainly doctor it up, um, a little bit and, and maybe even you could, you know, what you could do is maybe even, um, add a little bit of the cacao nib to it to Ooh, give it like a little, yes. or maybe some other spices like cinnamon or something to give mm -hmm. it a, um, or, or even chicory. Like, you know, I grew up in the South. We put chicory root in coffee, which sounds weird, but um, anyway, so, you know, something like that might punch up the coffee-ish flavor a little bit more than it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so versatility wise, I would, um, I would probably call that one a four. Okay. And ease of use. Um, and same thing, like, um, it was like a I mentioned, powder, super it was a simple, powder. You, right? just, you just put it in the hot water and stir it up. And, and, uh, you, you, that way you can kind of moderate, you know, if you want more of it taste, you can put more in, uh, if you want less, you mm -hmm. put less in. So mm -hmm. I would definitely say that one's probably a five as far as the ease of use goes. Okay. And in terms of health, you just cannot get better health than mushrooms. It's, it's crazy how many health benefits, how varied the health benefits are of mushrooms. We're talking increased immune function, reducing stress and anxiety. They promote energy, healthy skin, blood sugar balance. And it's also full of antioxidants because of the rose hips that we have going on. It's high in vitamin C. 
So because those road, rose hips are high in vitamin C. So absolutely love that. You just cannot get better health in a coffee alternative. I got to give it a five. So we've got four, four, five. Where are we at, Bill? That's going to be 18. So four, four, five, five. Yeah. So yep, 18. 18. So it's a tie mm-hmm. with our Ticino. Okay. Last coffee alternative we're going to talk about today. This one is right up my alley. In fact, I drink it almost every day. It's dandelion root tea. So if dandelion, if you're thinking dandelions, like those ugly weeds that are in your front yard that, you know, with the yellow flower on them. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about, but we're not eating the flower here. This is the root and it's roasted. And when you roast it, oh my goodness, I'm biased, but it's absolutely delicious. So we'll see what Bill thinks about this one. It's probably, like I said, the least like coffee from the ones that Bill is trying, but because it's roasted, right? That coffee roasted, they go together. It might just kind of remind you of coffee and be something that you can move over to from coffee. All right, Bill, what do you think? Well, I already snuck a, a, a sip and I found oh, it to awesome. be really good. It, it's, you can now let me ask you real quick. Have you had it before today? Have you ever had roasted dandelion root yes. tea? Yes. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. And I, and I like it. And, and I, I would say that it's not a coffee substitute in the same way that the Four Sigmatic or the Ticino might be, because it is kind of more of a tea. But un- unlike um, maybe the cacao nib for in particular, it has a aroma more like coffee because it is roasted. Um, and so it has a nice roasted smell to it. It has a bit of a roasted taste as well. It's a little bit bitter. Um, and, but interestingly, I think the bitter taste is part of what is, you're probably going to say is kind of a health benefit because I, I know it does kind of help to stimulate digestion and, and supports the right. detoxification process. So I think that bitterness is, you know, it's there, but it's not like overwhelming or anything like that. I think it would be something that would be really good. Like of the others, like, I don't think you'd want to add honey to something that's like right. a coffee, like the Ticino or the Four right. Sigmatic, this is one you could probably add some honey or maybe if you like monk fruit, uh, monk fruit sweetener or something mm-hmm, like that, if you're allowed mm-hmm. to have that, that might be good with, with this one in particular. Um, so I, I think that's the case. And then um, it's, again, it's gotten a little bit cool. And unlike the uh, roasted cacao nibs, this one I think would be good cold either i almost like an iced tea or something like that you could probably do it that, that way um because of i often let mine get whatever. cold and i think it tastes yeah. good yeah i think it's good okay so for taste did you give it a rating yet what was your rating i didn't give it a rating yet um and if we're rating it as like compared to coffee i would probably say a four and but versatil- it does taste good versatility versatility i'm going to give it a five because again hot cold you can add stuff to it. You can doctor mm-hmm. it up. And ease of use. Um, again, like a tea comes with a tea bag. Couldn't get easier than that. Boil the water, put the tea bag in, leave it in as long as you want to get the taste you want. I'd give okay. it a five. Awesome. Okay. Let's talk about health. I am a huge fan of roasted dandelion root. It is just so healthy. Dandelion supports your liver. It supports your gallbladder. It supports your overall digestion. 
like you said, Bill, it's considered a bitter. So those bitters, they really work to help and secrete the digestive enzymes in our body, which is really important for your digestive functioning. It helps your liver with detoxification. It helps with bile secretions as you are trying to digest your food. We need those bile secretions to help us have healthy digestion and absorption. So I, I absolutely love dandelion root for that. I also love that it's naturally caffeine-free, right? It's not decaffeinated. It's naturally caffeine-free like many of the ones that Bill tried today. One little caveat, though, with dandelion root, it's not allowed on that super strict specific carbohydrate diet because it's a polysaccharide. So it's a little bit too complex for that. If you have a digestive tract with a lot of dysbiosis going on, things haven't calmed down. I do have to say that you may want to wait though, uh, but I, I drink it every day and, um, I absolutely love it. I think the health benefits of dandelion root are amazing. So in terms of health, I'm going to give that one a four. So we've got four, five, five, four on the dandelion root. What does that mean? You're not going to believe it. You're not going to believe it. It equals 18. 18. Okay. I have to, oh my goodness. I, you know what, in all of these, we can do a little recap here. I thought that the brewed roasted cacao, I thought that one would be our leader, but it ended up being 16 while the Ticino, the roasted dandelion root and the four stigmatic ended up all in a three-way tie. Yeah. And the only thing I would say about that is we would probably have a four-way tie, except for the way we did the, um, the roasted cacao nib, um, that roasting process at home made it the ease of use. We scored it pretty low, but I think if you got cacao nibs and just went straight at it, then it would, that would probably put it right in the same ballpark with the others. Yeah. Not bad. Right. Not bad. Would you keep all of these in your house or is there one that you would want more than others in, you know, to keep at our house? I think all things considered, even though they got this you know, kind of the scores kind of varied a little bit for me, the Ticino, even though health benefits wise, it scored the lowest mm -hmm. um, taste, versatility, ease of use wise, it scored the highest consistently. So I think probably that's the one I would turn to first for me. Yeah, I think they're all good options though, right? If you really are thinking about your caffeine consumption and you're thinking about the coffee you're drinking and you feel like it really is doing a number on your digestive system, isn't it good to know that there are alternatives out there? Yeah, I think that's great. And, you know, there's been periods of time throughout our history during, you know, war and things like that, where resources have been kind of limited, where people have turned to alternatives from coffee and have discovered things like mushrooms, kind of the basis of the uh, four stigmata and dandelion root and roasted uh, cacao. So these are, all, these are all legit, tasty alternatives um, that I wouldn't hesitate to, to go to. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much, Bill. Thanks for joining me on the podcast and for being such a good sport and participating in our coffee alternative taste test. All I, I hope that everybody learned a bit about the coffee alternatives today. Maybe there's ones that they hadn't heard of. Maybe there's ones that you found that you want to just run out and buy. So I am leaving links to all of the coffee alternatives in the show notes with some really interesting research articles as well on their benefits. So feel free to check that out and let me know what you think. You know where to find me when you're ready, when you're ready to talk about the episode. 
I'm on Facebook. So DM me on Facebook at the IBD health coach at the IBD health coach. And just tell me, what did you think about this episode and which one do you think you're going to try? All right. Thank you so much, Bill, for joining me today. Until we meet again, I'm wishing you a cheeky and healthy IBD healing journey. Chat soon. Thank you so much for joining me today and for listening to today's episode. When it comes to IBD, I know there's a lot of resources out there, and I'm truly honored that you chose the Cheeky Podcast to get your IBD information today. If you found this information helpful, please give us a rating and review. It helps other moms find the podcast and see what we're doing over here to help IBD moms everywhere. And if you feel called to do it, share this podcast with an IBD mom who you know could really use an uplifting message today, because that's what we're all about over here at the Cheeky Podcast. One last thing, if you're still with me, and if you are, you're definitely my kind of gal. We have to get to know each other better. If you're tired of living on the hamster wheel of IBD with all the ups and downs between flares and remission, If you're struggling to get control of your abdominal pain, gas, bloating, diarrhea, and other troubling IBD symptoms, go to my website. It's karenhaley.com, and my mom had to be just a little bit different, spell my name with a Y. So it's K-A-R-Y-N-H-A-L-E-Y.com, and schedule your very own free 30-minute IBD root cause troubleshooting session with me, where we discuss the challenges you've been having, we set goals to help you move forward, and we talk about how we can work together to help you get your life back. It's a power-packed 30 minutes. You don't have to live in IBD status quo. There's so much that can be done to transform your life so you can thrive in motherhood and thrive with IBD. I've seen my clients walk this path and it gives me so much joy to take that journey with them. My entire coaching practices run online, so you never have to leave your house and you never have to get out of your jammy or yoga pants for us to work together. You know I'm wearing them too. If you're ready to take your first amazing step towards healing, I'm ready to chat with you. Schedule your free 30-minute IBD root cause troubleshooting sesh today at karenhaley.com. Click on the work with me tab and I'll see you soon. It's important to note that the information in this podcast and in this episode is for general information purposes only and not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice. The statements made in the Cheeky Podcast for Moms with IBD, either by me or my guests, is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Before implementing any new treatment protocols, do yourself a favor and consult your physician first. Thank you so much for listening, for being here, for saving this space for us to spend some time together. Until we chat again, I'm wishing you a cheeky and healthy IBD journey.